Sorry. But uh, tonight, I'm going to build on, we didn't have church this past Sunday due to the weather, and um, I tell you, it gets cold up on this hill. Uh, they call this Windy Hill. The church sets in a beautiful location, uh, but I tell you, man, we got no wind block up here, and it gets cold, and, uh, and we get a lot of snow blow up here, and so we weren't here Sunday, uh, but we are here tonight, praise God, amen. And I want to build off of what I did two Sundays ago when I preached on yours is the kingdom. I want to talk tonight, <clears throat> just for a little bit here tonight, I want to talk to you on this topic, prayers we need to be praying, prayers that we need to be praying. Let me just preface what I'm going to teach here tonight by saying this. If you profess to be a Christian and you spend zero time in prayer, then that's the same thing as saying I'm a brain surgeon and I never went to college. Because you can't make it without prayer. You can't know God without prayer. You can't know God's will without prayer. You say, Pastor, I got my Bible. That's good. You got your spiritual food. Amen. But you need your spiritual communion. And that comes through prayer. You can't know God's will unless you pray. Amen. You can't depend upon God to order your steps. Yes, you can get some direction from the Word of God, amen, but it is the Holy Ghost that leads us. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, he said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God have become the sons of God, amen. How, do we, how are we led by the Spirit of God? Just through reading our Word? No, we are led by the Spirit of God by coming into the presence of God, amen, and submitting and surrendering our will to that Spirit, and when do we do that? Daily. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. And Pastor Ken Burley, Ken, Ken Gurley, in his book, the book on prayer that I'm reading, I just, I, I can't ever get past this. It was like the second or third chapter. It said, prayerlessness is our declaration of independence from God. And that's true. That has stuck with me ever since. Prayerlessness is our declaration of independence from God. Amen. And so you need to make prayer a priority in your life. Amen. And I don't care. I teach morning prayer because I believe it's biblical. But if you have circumstances in your life and you can't pray till midday or maybe you can't pray till night, that's okay. As long as you pray until you are in his presence. Amen. As long as you pray until maybe there's one of you that walks in the room. Amen. But there's two of you that walk out. Amen. We need prayer. You want to know why much of Christianity is powerless today? You want to know why they need all the smoke machines and the fog and the lights to try to imitate the anointing? Because we've replaced prayer meetings with Zumba classes. Because we've replaced prayer meetings with 
coffee talk in the vestibule. And I'm not against having coffee in church. I'm not, if you have a coffee shop in your church, God bless you. I'm happy for you. Amen. But if you are neglecting the prayer room and if you are neglecting prayer, you can't call yourself a church because I can't find a Pentecost in this book where they were in the upper room sipping latte and talking about the upcoming Super Bowl. And then there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. That's not how it happened. It happened when they were in prayer. Amen. There are certain prayers that you and I need to be praying. And I think we can uh, divide prayer up into two ways that every believer will pray. Yes, we, we pray for different things and we pray in different ways and we use different words and that's okay because we're all different people. Amen. I, Brother Grayson's not going to pray like I pray. I'm not going to pray like Sister Puckett prays or anybody else in this church prays. Amen. Because we all have individual relationships with God. God is not after cookie-cutter Christians. He's after people that are real with Him. His children, amen, because He's a good Father. But there are two general categories of prayers that every person prays. There are personal prayers. And those are prayers where you're asking God to help you with particular things in your life, or maybe it's a particular thing in your heart or in your spirit. Sometimes we may pray and ask God to give us favor on the job. Sometimes we pray and, and, and we ask God to help us with financial needs. Sometimes, it's a good one. Sometimes we pray and we ask God to help us move past an offense. And we ask God to help us to forgive a person that has wronged us or said something about us or, or did something to us or a family member or someone that has hurt us or offended us. And we pray and we say, God, please help me to get past this offense. Sometimes we pray and we ask God to give us strength to overcome a fault or a sin. Amen. We, we, we literally elevate the Apostle Paul almost to, to, to true sainthood in the Bible. And we call him Saint Paul and all that good stuff. But we elevate him because of everything he did. And yet Paul said, I prayed three times because I had a particular thorn in my flesh. And while there's all kinds of speculation as to what that thorn might have been, there's some people that say it might have been a physical ailment of some sort. I think there was something in Paul's flesh that he struggled with. You know what that means? That means he's human, just like me and you. That means Paul, the great Apostle Paul, the man that wrote more of this book and was mightily used of God. Yes, he struggled in his flesh too and had to pray through it just like you and I. So guess what? We got something in common with Paul. That ought to lift your faith. <laughs> I didn't write none of this book though. I wrote notes in mine. Sometimes we may pray and ask God for greater faith. How many here has ever prayed, and there's no shame in this, how many here has ever prayed, God help my unbelief? I have many times. Many times. That's one of my favorite scriptures. And we don't even know that guy's name. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. What transparency 
that man who is not even named in your Bible had with God. So sometimes we pray, God, give me greater faith. God, help my unbelief, God, that I may be better used of you. We were so fortunate this past uh, Saturday night, my wife and I had a Bible study with a woman and her husband that I work with uh, who started watching our online services and, and has tuned into a lot of them. And, and when, when the screen came up about Bible studies, she contacted me and said, I would love to have a Bible study. So we, we had such a wonderful time of food and fellowship. And we're Pentecostal, so we're going to eat. But we pray, God, use us. Use us. These are, these are all examples of personal prayers. Amen. And, and maybe as I've been going through this list, maybe you've thought of a few here tonight that, that maybe you've been praying and you've been asking God to help you. So those are personal prayers. And then there's kingdom prayers. I touched on that two Sundays ago and what I was preaching. And kingdom prayers are prayers that we pray concerning the kingdom of God. These are prayers that we pray just like we prayed tonight. We prayed for prodigals and we prayed for backsliders. Amen. So when we pray the prayers of the kingdom, that sometimes includes praying for the salvation of loved ones. Maybe it's praying for backsliders or prodigals. Maybe it's, it's praying for loved ones that, that don't know God. Or maybe it's praying for loved ones that don't know the truth. We need to pray. That people come to a knowledge of the truth and are saved. That's what the Bible says. It's not good enough. Pray, oh, I hope my loved one gets into church. I want them to get into the right church. Amen. Sometimes we pray kingdom prayers and we pray for our brothers and our sisters in Christ. Hey man, over the last 12 to 13 months, I can honestly tell you, I, don't, I have always had a burden for the church and I've always had a burden for our brothers and sisters, but I don't know that I have prayed as much in the last year for pastors and for evangelists and for brothers and sisters that I don't even know and won't ever know until we get to glory. I have prayed more for them in the past 13 months than I probably ever have. Those are kingdom prayers. Sometimes we pray prayers for the furtherment of the gospel. Amen. Has God ever laid home missions on your heart? You ever got up in the morning to pray and God just led you to start praying for struggling pastors that are trying to plant churches all over this country? I have had God do that to me in the mornings. And the only thing I can pray for that whole morning is just home missions churches. Those are kingdom prayers. Sometimes God may lay a specific foreign mission field. Or, or a particular missionary on your heart, and, and you focus your prayer time on that ministry or on that country, those are kingdom prayers. And then there's prayers for the church, the local church, the church abroad. My goodness, when COVID first hit, I found myself multiple times a week lifting up many different churches and, and local pastors and praying for them. Praying for their congregations. <clears throat> and uh, it's going to blow your mind. But kingdom prayers also involve prayers for those that God has set over us. 
both secularly and spiritually. <laughs> I don't care who you voted for. I really don't. You need to pray for your president. I don't care if you're a fan or, or what. God, God didn't say to pray for our leaders if we're fans. He said pray for our leaders that they may do righteousness. Amen. Whether or not we agree is irrelevant. We just need to be obedient to the word of God. It's like I said prior to this message. The reason that we have so many people freaking out today is because there's too many spirit-filled Christians that are married to politics and not married to Jesus. Amen. Those are, are examples of kingdom prayers. And so these prayers that I'm about to go over, these prayers that we need to be praying. Now, these are just general guidelines. And, and I pray that, that if, if you're not already praying these, I, I pray that you will add these to your daily prayer. I pray that you will use these. Not You don't have to pray these specifically, but use this as, as a guideline of things to be praying about. And so the prayers that we're going to go over here tonight, they fall into both of these categories. And these are prayers that we need to be praying, if, if not daily, we need to be praying often. Here's the one, one of the, well, really the only time, I think, right off the top of my head, that Jesus told us what to pray. <laughs> Amen. Matthew chapter 9. Verses 36 and 37. It says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Amen. And so the first thing we need to pray is we need to spend time in prayer. We need to pray the Lord of the harvest. How many understand tonight that the mission of the church today is no different than the mission that Jesus had when he walked the earth? Amen. In my mind, I've sort of chuckled many times as I've thought about the ascension and I've thought about Jesus when he ascended into the clouds. It was almost like... I've envisioned, and it didn't happen, but I've envisioned a little card falling down to the ground as he ascended that said, to be continued. That's just the way my mind works. But when he told us greater works than these you shall do, he wasn't kidding. In other words, I'm ascending, but I will come back and be in you, and I will empower you to finish the mission. What is that mission? Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So Jesus tells us that there is a great harvest of souls available. Amen. One of the greatest lies of hell. I don't care if you're a struggling church. We, we don't have very many people here tonight. I was walking this altar area and praying before service. I didn't know who was going to show up. I knew we were going to have some people out tonight. We don't have very many people here tonight. But let me tell you something, and more importantly, let me tell hell something. I am not discouraged here this evening. 
You say, well, pastor, what, what, how are you not getting discouraged? Because I trust God. I trust where God has put me, and I trust that if I allow him to order the steps of this church, that victory is absolutely assured. Amen. Brother Grayson touched on something before service. Amen. And that is we can't always go by what we see. If I did that, my goodness, we might get frustrated a lot. We might get discouraged a lot. But I'm not basing my hope on what I can see. I'm basing my hope on what I believe God for. Amen. Jesus says there's a great harvest of souls available. He said that's not the problem. Don't let hell tell you nobody wants this. Jesus said there's a harvest. That's not the issue. The issue isn't the harvest. The issue, he says, is finding people that will go after them. I'm thankful that Brother Grayson has been coming and helping us out. I'm thankful for everybody in this church that has a ministry. I, I pastor some very willing people. I have no quarrels at all. But I'll tell you what, when I pray, I pray that God will give us people that will get a hold of the vision for this church. And I, I, this, this, this is literally my prayer, word for word. When I pray, I say, I pray the Lord of the harvest. And I say, God, give us labors. And I say, God, I don't care if you have to raise them up from within the church. In other words, give us people that we can disciple and make laborers out of them. Raise them up from within the church or bring them in from without. God, give us somebody from without that just you laid a burden on their heart to come and help this church. Either way, I pray the Lord of the harvest, lead us into your harvest. So he said we need laborers. That's the problem. And so we need to pray. Pray that God gives you the spirit of a labor. That is a, a very constant prayer of mine. God, give us the spirit. Give us the spirit here at New Life. Give us the spirit of labors to do whatever it is we can do. Because quite frankly, brothers and sisters, it is easy. It is easy to get into a religious routine. Amen. And you know what happens when you get into a routine? You get lazy. You're like, well... I'm at church. Check me out. I made it. <laughs> now I'm going to get through this next hour, hour and a half. I'm going to go home. We'll grab some Taco Bell. Life's good. Amen. God help us tonight. <clears throat> the second prayer we need to be praying is pray for eyes to see and ears to hear. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. We can have that on the screen. It says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. Now give me Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15. Jesus said this, He said, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Now here's, here's the kicker. And should understand with their heart, and it's only when you get this part that you get this part. When it gets 
here this happens. He said they would understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. We need to pray. Brothers and sisters, if there was ever a time in the history of man that we need ears to hear the Holy Ghost, and please understand me tonight, I almost said this morning, please understand me tonight, the pastor is not the only guy Jesus talks to. Evangelists are not the only guy that Jesus talks to. I'm not the only person in this church tonight that can hear from God. Amen? How many, would, how many would agree with me tonight that God will speak to you every single day? That it is the desire of God to speak to you every day. But we need to have ears to hear. The Bible tells us that God speaks to us two ways. Amen. He speaks to us in the still small voice. And if you read through the book of Job, it tells us that God spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying there's times that you just need to be quiet and listen and let God speak. And then there's times in the greatest controversies and situations and circumstances in your life that God will be louder than those things. And He'll speak. But we need to have ears to hear. We're living in a world right now where truth is relative. Like, whatever is true for me, well, that's my truth, and don't you dare say anything against it, even if there's zero facts or evidence to back it up. It's my truth, and you can't tell me that it isn't. But the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. And brothers and sisters, if there was ever a time in history that we need the spirit of truth, it is now. If there was ever a time in the midst of all of this political chaos and all of this uh, political correctness and all of, I, I mean... People's hearts have wax gross. If there was ever a time we need the spirit of truth, it's now. When Jesus would teach, he would often say, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And we know that the Lord was referring to more than just physical sight and hearing. He was speaking about the ability to both see and hear through a spiritual filter. Brothers and sisters, when I look at our country through a spiritual filter, I'll be very honest with you, I don't see much hope without Jesus. I've heard people say, well... You know, we went through the civil rights in the 60s and we went through some other things and we survived the Civil War and we went through a lot of other times of division and that's all true. But I've sort of played scenarios over in my mind and I've looked at how far down certain rabbit holes that we have gone in this country and, and the tears in the, in the moral fabric of our country. And, and, I, and I've tried to, to play out scenarios in my mind of how this could possibly be fixed, how we could possibly overcome this as a nation without Jesus. And I can't figure out any way for us to get out of this. But if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I forgive their sins, then will I hear their, their voice. I think I said that backwards. He said, and then will I heal their land. 
I'll tell you how we're going to get out of this when there comes an awakening and a great repentance in our country. Pray that God reveals things to you. Pray that God, I'm a firm believer and you've heard me teach this and preach this many times here. Pray before you open your Bible. Pray that God gives you understanding. The apostles asked Jesus that. They said, Lord, open our understanding to the scriptures. I figure if Peter could pray that, I can too. Amen. I always tell people, pray before you open your Bible, that God gives you understanding. Pray that He reveals things in His Word. Pray that God reveals things to you through preaching. Pray that God reveals things to you in everyday life. God is always wanting to speak. He's always wanting to reveal things to you. We just have to have the ability to see and hear. Pray for eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. The next prayer that we need to be praying is pray for a spiritual mind and for spiritual affections. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. The Apostle Paul says, set your affection on things above and not things in the earth. Romans chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who do what? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the capital S, Spirit. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh... What do they pay attention to? What do they mind? They mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the capital S, the Holy Ghost, after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life, and not just life. You want to know why, <laughs> you want to know why spirit-filled people aren't freaking out on social media about politics? Because that's not where their mind is. Come on, somebody. That's not, that's not where we give all of our attention to. And, and that's not where we give all of our, all of our uh, mental faculties and all of our time and all of our energy. We don't give all of that to that. Because to be spiritually minded is not just life, but it's what else? Peace. Peace. You want to have peace? Turn off the TV and just get in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they, uh, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're in the flesh, you can't please God. Amen. I mean, let's, I, let's, be, let's be honest tonight. It's, it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in the things of this world, especially when we're so, quote, unquote, connected today. Have you ever noticed for being the most connected generation how disconnected we are? We're so connected on social media, but we don't even know how to have a real conversation between two people face to face. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've never been a phone talker anyway, even before the invention of texting, and I rejected texting for a long time. I, I was not a phone talker. I didn't, I didn't care for like getting on the phone and talking forever. I, 
I just, it's not me. I, it bugs me. It kind of gets on my nerves. I'm just, that's just not me. But nowadays, nobody wants to talk because we can just go. We're so connected, but we're disconnected. We're so connected, if I forget, I forget to text my wife in the morning to let her know I made it to work okay. She can just pull up her phone and track mine. She's like, okay, he made it. At least his phone did. But it's easy to get wrapped up. Politics and media, social media, technology. Amen. Jobs, careers, material possessions. Some people think that whoever has the, 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 you know, the, the most toys when they die, they win. But that's not true. All of that stuff rounds out the list. And it's easy to get wrapped up in the whirlwind of information. We are living, they call it the information age. We are living in an age where everything is pumping information. Now, now, granted, we have been guided by marketing for decades and decades and decades. I, I, I can stand here right now and I can, still, I can still give you jingles from my childhood, commercials. Big Mac, filet of fish Quarter Pounder, French Fries, Icy Coke, Thick Shake, Sundays and Apple Pies. McDonald's. You got the, you got the right stuff, baby. Uh-huh. Pepsi. So we've been, we've been molded and we've been moved. That's, what, that's marketing. That's what it is. That's what it's for. But never in our history have we had so much information and so many things. The Bible says that there are so many voices that have gone out into the world and none without distinction. And so we have all of these voices. And Brother Grayson, we have all of this noise in the world. No wonder we can't hear the voice of God. Because we don't get quiet enough to listen. Because we've always got this or television or radio how many here, a lot of times, don't, don't listen to the radio in the vehicle? Good. Good. Because if you're not listening to K-Love, then you're probably listening to talk radio. Or if you have Bluetooth, you can listen to preaching. I highly recommend the Axe Network. But how many understand tonight that the enemy uses these outlets to steal... Our time, and not just steal our time, steal our peace, to distract us, to influence our thoughts and our principles. And so pray, pray that God helps you to daily be focused on Him and His kingdom. Pray that God allows you to be focused upon spiritual things and not earthly things. And do your best, honestly. I mean, you got to do your part. Do your best to rid yourself of those things that, that steal your time. And I, I can't speak for everybody here, but I know I can do a better job of that. Amen. The next prayer that we need to be praying, and we're almost done tonight, pray that God orders your steps and directs your paths daily. Psalm 37 and verse... 23, the steps of a good man or woman 
are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. I love this scripture. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. This is, uh, this is a prayer I can tell you personally, uh, I don't know, it's been some years back that, that God just laid this on my heart one morning when I was praying, and I've just prayed this nearly every single day. Unless God really burdens my heart with something else in the mornings when I pray, this is something that I incorporated years ago as part of my personal prayer time, that when I get up in the morning and I'm praying and I'm starting my day with Jesus, two of the things I pray is, God, well, number one, the Bible says this, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so there's a lot of things in my carnal mind, in my carnal man, that may seem right for today. Amen. And so it, what that tells me is that it is not in me to be able to order my own steps. And so two of the things I pray in the mornings is I say, God, it's not in me to order my own steps Father, order my steps today, God, and direct my paths before me. And then I pray specifically. I say, Lord, I pray this over my rising up and my setting down. I pray this over my coming in and my going out. I figure that pretty much covers it. Amen. Whatever I do today, Lord, direct my paths. God, go before me and be the defender behind me. There is a flow. This is what we really need to understand. There is a flow of the Spirit of God that moves across the earth daily. Imagine, if you will, just in your mind, imagine a river. And rivers flow. They have a current. How many understand today that rivers are never the same shape two years in a row? Because rivers cut through things. Rivers take, they may, they may the, the traje trajectory may be pretty much the same, but they do carve out different places. And so this, the, the rivers flow where they're going to flow. And the Spirit of God every single day moves across the face of the earth. The Spirit of God is striving with the hearts of men. The Spirit of God is moving and bringing the Word of God to pass. Now what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to seek that God would place our feet in the flow of that current. Reverend Billy Cole was a man that was mightily used of God. And somebody asked him one time, they said, Brother Cole, how is it? That God always works where you are. He said, it ain't got nothing to do with where I am. I just figure out where he's going to be and I go there. What was he saying? He said, I just figure it. He said, I'm figuring out where the flow of the Spirit is and then I just inject myself into that flow and go with it. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray that God sets our feet in the flow of the Holy Ghost every day. God, what do you want to do today? What are you doing today? Who on my work site or, or in my job are you dealing with? God, how can I be used in the drive-thru? How can I be used to minister to a customer? Lord, how can you use me uh, with that young lady at the speedway that I go in and I get my coffee in the morning? Amen. There's a flow. There is a will. How many understands tonight? There is a will to the Spirit of God. And so you know what our responsibility is daily? Find that will. 
say, well, pastor, that, that can be hard. No, nope, it's not. Pray. God, set my feet in the flow of your spirit, Jesus, that whatever you're doing today, I want to be in the middle of it. So God has a daily plan. And I know this is sort of cliche and religious card section hallmarkish, but God does have a plan for your life. He absolutely does. You have a God-destined destiny. That's true. He knew you before he formed you in the womb. Amen. Now, whether that plan is to grow us, use us, or both, we need to seek after that flow. We must confess to ourselves and to God that it is not within us to order our own steps. Amen. Amen. The last prayer that... We need to be praying, and I touched on this. Actually, I preached pretty heavy on this two Sundays ago. We need to pray His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter 9, or 6, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 9. Jesus says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. And two Sundays ago, I talked about how this isn't, God did not intend for us necessarily to pray this word for word, but as to use this as a general guideline for how to pray. He says, pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Open your prayer by recognizing the majesty of God, blessing the name of God. And then he said, the first thing you are to seek is not your kingdom, but his. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now that we have our priorities, now we can pray personal prayers. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And now we go back and we end this with kingdom prayers. He says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Or as Brother Grayson said, let it be so or make it so. Pray His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. This gets you into the mindset of His will and not your own. I Two Sundays ago, um, can, if we can have our, our screen up here. I, I didn't have a theme for this church. I honestly didn't. At least not that I ever got in prayer. I didn't have a theme for 2021. I figured we just wasn't going to have one. It's not that big a deal. It's nice to have a rallying cry and a battle cry, but I, God hadn't spoke to me on anything, so I was like, okay. But as these screens would run prior to service, and I would just be walking the altar area and praying, and this would come up, I would always look up here, and I would see this screen, 
And that first part would just catch my attention every time. I mean, it would just really get a hold of my attention. First, the kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then I'll add everything else to you that you need. And so I told this church two Sundays ago, I said, that's, that's the theme. That's the theme for 2021. But first, the kingdom. Pray His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we realize that it's His will and not ours, we're going to get someplace. Now this particular prayer encompasses both personal and kingdom prayers as I broke down the outline just a second ago. Prayers for God to daily strengthen His people and to further His kingdom. These prayers could be a breakthrough for a missionary on a foreign field or a breakthrough in the life of a lost child or a breakthrough in your own life. It could mean a special assignment for you on that day, a special way that God is going to use you. But first, this is the kicker, this is the key, but first... You have to seek His kingdom. And you've got to be serious about it. Because like I said a couple weeks ago, you start praying, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, and He starts doing it, I promise you, it's not always going to be convenient. Matter of fact, there might be times that God's going to throw a monkey wrench right in the middle of your plans just to see what you'll do. He'll do that because you've been praying, thy kingdom come, and he's going to say, let's see. <laughs> if I bring my kingdom, are you going to respond to it? In our worship service, in, in, in this service here, in our, our worship portion of the service, the kingdom of God is in this place. Because where the presence of God is, the kingdom is too. But the mission of the church is not just to dwell in the kingdom in here, but to take the kingdom out there. Amen. I know I hammer on this a lot. And, and I'm not... Okay, just let me say this. There's two things going on in... Our, our country today. Political war and a culture war. The church is only called to be involved in one of them. Can I get a witness tonight? Because politics is downstream from culture. It's the way it works. But the church... If it is the light of the world and the salt of the earth, it can't help but to be in the middle of the culture war. Because darkness is the absence of light by definition. Light is not the absence of darkness. So when the church refuses to be the church 
and the church refuses to stand up for righteousness, and the church refuses to be a holy people, a peculiar people, a peculiar treasure that God has chosen out for himself and placed his name upon, when we refuse to do that, evil wins. But when we make it about his kingdom and his will, things happen. There's deliverance in his kingdom. There's healing in his kingdom. We don't have any of that stuff in ours. Amen. You know, you want to know what? <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay here just for a second. Please bear with me. You want to know what happens when we get online and we argue about politics? You, want, you know what happens? Alcoholics stay alcoholics. Drug addicts stay drug addicts. Your political banter, and I'm not saying that you can't stick up for what you believe in. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I post things that are political from time to time. But what I'm saying is if that's all we are in substance. It's our kingdom. Brother Grayson, I don't know about you, nothing miraculous ever happened in my kingdom. Matter of fact, when it was all about my kingdom, I was an alcoholic. Oh, but there was a night in 2006 when his kingdom met me on a living room floor. <laughs> and it changed everything. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say if we make it about his kingdom and his will, it'll change everything. Amen. Amen. Like I said tonight, these are not prayers that you need to get up and you need to pray these word for word. I mean, if you want to take this home and, and you want to, you know, if you want to pick this apart, do whatever you want to with it. If, if it edifies you, if it builds your faith, if it draws you closer to God, what, I just I want it to bless you. But this, I, I'm giving these as just general guidelines for daily or weekly prayer, things to consider. Amen. Two types of prayer, personal prayers and, and kingdom prayers. Amen. And so I pray tonight that this increases your faith. The Lord's presence has been with us here tonight, and I pray the Holy Ghost has dealt with our hearts, that it edifies the church. That's what we come here for. It's for the perfecting of the saints of God, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. And I pray, I pray that you can use this, that it gives you understanding or revelation, somehow brings you closer to God, that God could use you more greatly for the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen. I'm going to Step down, I'm going to ask Brother Grayson to come up and close this service out. In Jesus' name.